Good morning, Richard. Hello, Alan. Alan, thanks for joining me again today. We decided we would try and think a bit today about the effects of alcohol and drug use after a brain injury, because I know it's something that we've discussed clinically in the past and thought about quite a lot in relation to some of the issues that it might generate uh, in terms of vulnerability and health issues, etc. And to get your experience and your thoughts about it. So, um, yes. No, well, thank you again for inviting me along, Richard. Yeah, we have discussed it in the past and stuff. But um, just just to make it fully clear that um, I haven't actually used um, drugs um, since requiring my brain injury. But um, I, ha- I have had uh, quite a bit of experience with people with a brain injury and with people without a brain injury uh, uh, using drugs and the different reactions in the people that, that they had to them. Um, as for alcohol, obviously I have consumed alcohol since my brain injury as well as before my brain injury, but obviously our chat today will be more important to discuss alcohol with the brain injury. Um, and it's definitely definitely on both sides of the fence with drugs and alcohol is a no-go, but um, I would like to explore explore this more with you for the people listening to this to hopefully uh, seek some benefits Definitely. I'm sure that it will be really helpful for many people, Alan, because it's probably something that uh, is very common, that uh, obviously the use of alcohol, particularly in our society, is very prevalent. Uh, And we know, just from looking at the research, that after a brain injury, the implications of using alcohol are maybe slightly, or, or for other people, significantly different than it would have been before their injury. So maybe we could start by thinking about alcohol use because it's just something that's just so uh, frequently used in our society, and particularly, but not only for younger people, very much a part of their life and their social lives. And um, yeah, I, so in terms of your own use of alcohol in the past and um, since your injury, how how would you describe that and how would you describe some of the issues that have occurred in the context of your brain injury so obviously when i had my brain injury i was obviously before the age of 18 and obviously i was i was in rehab when i turned 18 uh, so obviously in 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 this time when i turned 18 obviously i was with my parents and uh, very trustworthy people when i had a very low uh, low amounts of alcohol um, and not enough to really cause any issues or arise or raise kind of any problems kind of thing but obviously as as I got older obviously the injury didn't really kind of go away and was still there but I think as I got older um, the consequences uh, were more were more obvious in and in that respect, what I mean is obviously because I used to go out with friends, whether it be trustworthy friends and not trustworthy friends, and like we discussed in um, previous podcasts, that I think who you go, who you go out drinking with um, is certainly a big idea on if it's going to be a successful uh, evening or not. Um, but regarding my use of alcohol, like I say, as I was getting older, I was kind of choosing to drink more. Uh, but I was also consequently finding that the more I drank, the more problems that seemed to came, that come with it. 
And when you say problems, and I wonder if you could say a little bit about that and the kinds of problems that you're referring to. Yeah, so obviously, whilst obviously drinking, so while out in the evening, um, my vulnerability certainly increased. My awareness decreased massively and decreased like so quickly. It was sort of like, it was unaware this was happening. Uh, and I know you know when you're kind of sober and then you quite clearly know when you're drunk. But I think that transitional period for people without a brain injury is quite is quite obvious and it's easy to understand that obviously the more you drink, the more intoxicated you get. But I found with a brain injury, um, it's, it's near enough as quick as clicking a finger. You can go from knowing what you're doing one second to being... Um, drunk the next and there's there's no kind of clear indication that okay i'm drinking the second pint i'm getting tipsy it was it was i was sober one second and then i was completely drunk the next and like falling over in some cases i was being sick um in some cases when i was going to sleep i wasn't being able to wake myself up so it would cause me to wet the bed um um yeah, like some some evenings I don't know how I got home. Um, like yeah, that some of my kind of personal experiences quite was quite scary to think that I'm still here today and that I'm still able to kind of talk about what I had done. Um, but it's only through sort of like correcting this alcohol, let's say, issue because of my age, I felt it was a need um, that I'm I'm able to kind of see the bright side of the fence, let's say. So what you're describing, Alan, and I think it's worth maybe uh, emphasising this, because when I speak to other people who have had a brain injury, they'll often report a very similar experience of becoming intoxicated or drunk much more quickly than they would have before. Now, obviously, you didn't have that before comparison because of your age at the time of injury, but you're describing something that's very familiar. And that's quite concerning, isn't it, in terms of the risks that that might um, confer if you're out in public and uh, has implications, I guess, for your safety and your health and probably other things too. Yeah, definitely. And and I think, I think I'd like to highlight uh, to everyone, obviously, who is with a brain injured client or is the brain injured client listening to this, that obviously after our injury like our brain is 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 kind of like having to work overtime just for us to be able to function whatever it is we're doing whether it is just sitting watching tv or sitting listening to a conversation or being out in the society doing different things that we might need to do that our brain's working near enough like overtime every day all day like 24 7 and if you go and throw kind of alcohol into that equation like you're, you're making it work three times as hard to when you're not drinking alcohol at all. So obviously I'm not trying to say to everyone that you need to kind of give up alcohol, but what I'm saying to you that you're more likely to succeed in life the the lower you can keep your alcohol intake. And I know that through my my myself personal experience, I've I'm I'm near enough at two years of not drinking at all. And I can tell you that my life has had a lot more progression and improvements then for a longer period 
before not drinking and after my recovery period, if that makes sense. Well, it does, Alan, and I think it 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 also probably begs the question, doesn't it, as to whether or not abstinence from alcohol, which is what you're describing for the last two years, is possibly a an option that other people should consider. And I, I suppose what you're saying is that you're not recommending that necessarily because everyone's different. And I think that's a really sensible approach that you're taking. But also, given what you were saying about how quickly you would become drunk and some of the implications of that for you, that this course of action, i.e. abstaining from alcohol, for you has been one that you've just decided is maybe the best. Yeah, like I say, so obviously after my car accident and for all those number of years that, that I took that I kind of had in recovery, I felt I felt that, that longer period of time without alcohol was better. But then obviously because of the age that I was that I I felt the need to drink because it, as when we grow up in life we think because we hit eighteen we're allowed to drink, we should drink, we need to drink. Because I'm depressed, I need to drink. Because I'm want to be happy, I need to drink. Like all these, all these sort of like old tradition reasons that we feel we need to drink. Like I can, I can honestly say now, where I am in life and where I am at my point in progression, that alcohol is is not needed, not even a drop. Like I say, it causes more problems than it does give good problems. Yeah, and that's a really important point, Alan, because it's about the function of of the behaviour, isn't it? It's about the function of that activity for you that maybe that changed over time. And as you got older, you're thinking about the benefits of drinking versus the uh, the costs or the negative implications was changing. Um, and again, everyone has to form their own view about that in terms of their decision making. It may be that some people get to the point like you of deciding that not drinking is the best way of of managing those risks whereas for other people they look at alternative ways of moderating their drinking behavior for you alan did you consider that maybe um just drinking but maybe drinking less was an option is that something that you could talk about and and because i wonder why you didn't choose that option uh obviously my my kind of my decision in stop drinking um, didn't just kind of happen overnight over a course of a couple of weeks. Um, I personally tried kind of giving up drinking um, on a number of occasions and not because I'm an alcoholic. I will put that out there. I'm not an alcoholic in the slightest, but because, again, because I was of the age that I turned 18, it was after my car accident. Um I kind of had like a couple of months here and there where I'd kind of give up, but then obviously would go back to drinking because I was going out with mates because I felt that it was a benefit to me meeting people and in the evening out clubbing and blah blah blah. That it was it was it was kind of really a need, um, and I found that a number of my therapy sessions um, I think were were extended because of alcohol because it was it was really kind of like. It was it was always kind of I would say alcohol was always the wall that I needed to climb over before I'd see any improvements and kind of what I mean by that is like, I feel the alcohol was like like weights on my shoulders it was always holding me back because of like my my awareness my 
my thought process, my decision making. Um, certainly, memory memory would kind of go out the window because of alcohol and like yeah. There's 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 many there's many different reasons with a brain injury for why I wouldn't drink because it, it always felt like they were made worse because of the alcohol. That's really important, Alan. I think it's good to recognise that with the benefit of your hindsight because what occurs to me is that the process of rehabilitation that you went through is incredibly challenging anyway isn't it and that commitment to working hard in therapies when sometimes you're not feeling great about it or that you're very tired um, or you're in pain for example which for some people may be really relevant that alcohol may present itself as being a way of coping but it's also going to make that process much harder or maybe slower so it could actually undermine the benefits of rehabilitation in some cases yeah again i i, I completely agree with what you just said there and you everyone's got to obviously understand the common sense that obviously when you're sober like your brain's function is probably 100 120 percent as soon as you add even if it's just half a pint of beer or half a glass of wine or any form of alcoholic um uh, consuming then then obviously you're you're decreasing your brain from working 100 percent to however much it is you're drinking because it lowers it so for someone whose brain's not working 100 percent because of an injury anyway to then decrease that percentage through through your own choices um like i say looking back on hindsight no, i think i was very stupid for drinking as long as that i did even though I thought that drinking was the right thing and drinking was the the way to happiness and drink was the way to forgetting things. Like, yeah, it was the way to forgetting things, but it was forgetting things that I was trying to learn and remember so I could use for future and current events. Indeed. And and, uh, that whole point, which is about the effects of alcohol making, um, making your brain injury or the problems associated with your brain injury worse is really important, isn't it? Because that that just sounds very self-defeating. And maybe what happened was that you had an increased realisation that it wasn't helping you in the ways that maybe you thought it was. I'm curious, though, Alan, about abstinence, because that is very difficult for many people. But for other people, they find that easier. And I just wondered what you, you mentioned that it's, I think two years or around two years now that you've not used alcohol. I'm wondering if you can say a little bit about abstinence and how you found that and your yeah your thoughts about it longer term. Yeah, so I kind of I kind of look um, kind of back in a lot of hindsight when when obviously when I kind of give this like personal opinion of mine across is like because I, I felt like I was always kind of like very very kind of on board when it comes to like therapies and stuff like that and i know that i didn't show all therapists that I was there so like 100 percent, and maybe it didn't come like it wasn't put across that i was there 100 percent because i was very sort of like resentful and always kind of pushing back at sort of like certain things that could have made my life better and easier but i felt i felt with the alcohol on top of that um kind of really increased that sort of like reluctance or like wanted to listen and kind of be on board and actually give things a try like like I say and I believe 
I believe the alcohol kind of affected a lot of my decision making and my sort of like sort um compromising and compromising with therapists so that they might kind of like recommend something and, and I would immediately be like no because of the alcohol but being this side of like not drinking and not drinking for like you say near on two years now like I felt my rehab probably could have progressed a lot quicker than it did but, but because of my own fault in drinking and thinking drinking was clever at the time um that that helped me back and I know this, I say, looking at hindsight and looking how I am now is because because my my decision making's a lot quicker. It's a lot clearer. Uh, a lot of the therapists would agree and sort of like support what I what I suggest or what I think would be a good idea or ideas that I come up with. Like and 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 the therapists sort of like agreeing and sort of like supporting what I said when I was drinking didn't happen as often to what it does now. I'm not saying that the therapists were completely against everything that I was saying, but everything that I was saying while I was drinking, even now when I look back at it, wasn't as clever or as kind of insightful to what it is now. I'm thinking, Alan, as you're talking, that what you're describing are some really good reasons to support abstinence and uh, almost the benefits of that. I'm just wondering if there are any downsides to it in your experience. So I'm thinking particularly here at a social level. So thinking about when you're out with family or friends, how you find that um, when there's alcohol around and other people are drinking. Yeah. So again, like I say, I've I've been clear of alcohol for just coming up to two years, and I'm the kind of person where I, where I can happily go out and not touch a, like a drop of drink, and I can I can be that same funny. Uh, silly confident self um some things some people find that um, alcohol kind of gives this to them but again looking at hindsight it, it it takes it takes all that confidence and that away and actually makes you more stupid and what you think is confidence i think is stupidity um and what i mean by that is obviously if you approach a girl that's half when you're half drunk you don't know what you say you don't know how you're going to say it you don't know if it's the right form that you're going to put it across or if it's polite uh, but not drinking i'm aware of what i'm saying i'm aware of the conversation that we have i know that the environment that we're in like that I, I can i can outweigh the benefits that i can that i have not drinking to when i was drinking yeah and that those um issues around misplaced confidence or overconfidence and whatever we want to call it um can be quite pronounced can't they i suppose they can have quite significant social implications and personal implications in terms of your your relationships um, and how you're perceived by others so i think that's really uh that that's really important what you're what you're saying and one thing we've not talked about is about um because one of the things that for many people that i would talk with after a brain injury um would relate to increased risk of epilepsy and maybe certain things particularly but not only in that period directly following the injury where we know the brain is very vulnerable um, and I just wondered if you can talk about any of those things either from your own experience or maybe from other people's because I know that you have um, also um, had contact with other people's stories around um, brain injury and alcohol use 
Um, yeah, so thinking about what that might, um, what the implications of that might be for things like epilepsy risk. Yeah, so of course, like, again, after after my my brain injury, that I, I was told that um that I was diagnosed as I was epileptic, um, and I, I'd kind of I'd gone a number of years after the car accident with with no sign of epilepsy, never having a seizure, nothing nothing of the sort, like not even not even a slight incline with anything that was wrong with me. Did they ever thought, oh yeah, that's that's because of the epilepsy due to the brain injury? Um, but um, after a number of operations. Um, and one in particular that was uh, being done on my temple because of an indent um, through the through some of the damages after the car accident. Um, I thought it'd be a good idea to have it filled with silicone to try and um, obviously correct this indent that I had. Um, it was quite a major operation, um, and I, it was all well. It was all fine and everything like that. And I was discharged from the hospital after the operation had been performed, and I was healthy again. Um, and the, the the doctor, the surgeon, quite clearly said, uh, make sure you don't drink alcohol for at least a good uh, two to three weeks, if not not at all. Um, and I was young when I, again, had this operation because it wasn't long after, so like the point of, it wasn't long after the day of the actual accident itself. Um, and uh, basically I had an operation and I was, like I say, I was discharged and um, I was told not to drink. Um, and I was in a relationship at this point. I was young again and I was silly, naive, probably is good words to describe using at the time I was. Um, and um, basically I'd bought a bottle of wine that I shared with this this partner of mine at the time. Um, and then we, we kind of did things that like partners do. And um, at uh, one o'clock in the morning, 999 was needing to be dialed as um, I'd managed to have all four fits at the same time and it wasn't um it wasn't stopping it wasn't looked like it was stopping and the support worker on duty that night um i was saying not to call because i could control it blah 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 but an hour later it was still not under control and um they chose to dial 999 with my with my authorization because i wasn't able to control it um and when i was rushed back into a and e um, when I'd come round and the doctors were able to talk to me again, they said what I had done was very silly and um, very stupid because I'd near enough put myself right back to day one of waking up out of my coma with the damage because of the alcohol and that this had set off four different fits. It sounds, um, as I'm listening to you, and I'm feeling a little bit kind of... Um almost stressed and and um it must have been a very unpleasant and worrying period that and do, on reflection i suppose um i'm thinking about that decision to drink in the light of medical advice because i suppose we get medical advice in different forms now don't we and um some things may be said very directly and specifically to us other things may be implied or may be given to us in the form of written information so it may be kind of less clear but do you think that yeah looking back at that period looking back at that episode what are your sort of feelings about it now uh so i think i think because i was young silly stupid and probably a little bit arrogant um and obviously because i was in a in a, in a relationship kind of i thought it was the 
the right thing to do is not seeing her for a couple of days because, like I say, I was having the operation and I was in recovery. Um, and being young, like I say, alcohol was sort of like the centre of attention. Um, I just think there's, like I say, a little bit of impulsiveness that I think if I was the person I am today with the medication that I'm on, I don't think I would have made the same decision as I did that day and had caused the fits. Yes, and I think it's it's maybe one of those issues where um, we maybe make different decisions about these kind of issues when we're when we're younger, and obviously when we're younger, maybe we're in environments or around people where alcohol and drugs are more available or evident. So it heightens the risk in those situations. Alan, I'm also thinking about other medications because. I suppose the thing about many medications is that they'll include ingredients that uh, interact with alcohol, react with alcohol in such a way that they might magnify the effect. And even quite common medicines, such as those that we use for managing pain or allergies, may fall into that category. Has that ever been an issue for you in terms of taking medication um, and using alcohol? Yeah, so like I'm, I'm no kind of... PhD, uh, PhD degree holder or anything like that. But obviously, if you look on a lot of um, the the drugs that we buy for like headaches and pains and aches and stuff like that, a lot of the the packaging will say do not consume alcohol. Obviously, because there's a very valid reason that most alcohol will kind of have a reverse effect on on the medications that we need, obviously to cure the pains and sensations that we receive. Um, one of the medications that I'm on um, does require no consumption of alcohol at all um, and I've had my own personal again experience that even consuming alcohol whilst taking this drug has the complete opposite effect so there's, there's, it's pointless even taking the medication that I need if I'm going to drink alcohol because like I say it pretty much just turns it off like there, there really is no point in taking it it's that it's that important so Obviously, because I'm on this new medication, it was also kind of another kind of idea of why I'd give up alcohol. But looking back on it, I wouldn't go back to alcohol. I don't miss it. I didn't enjoy it when I did drink it. Um, my bank obviously shows that I don't drink it because I, I'm in a much more financial situation. And like I say, like my awareness, my decision-making, my conversation, everything is much healthier than what it was whilst I was drinking. At that point, Alan, which is about kind of uh, financial financial implications of drinking alcohol, quite interesting because they can be both direct and indirect. Can't they? Alcohol costs a lot of money now compared to, say, 10 years ago. Um, but also when we drink, uh, we tend to make different decisions and different spending decisions. And I speak to a lot of people for whom, um, particularly with things like internet purchases, um, they'll spend money on things that they don't need or even want um, whilst under the influence of alcohol. So the ripple effect of alcohol use in that sense is probably also quite important to, to recognise. Alan, the other thing I'm thinking about um, before we finish talking today is that important issue, and you alluded to it earlier, which was about the effect of alcohol on your mood. And I just wondered if you're able to say anything about that because i'm very aware that alcohol uh, is actually a, de a depressant drug um, even though people perceive that it might help them with their mood or might help them with their um 
their psychological condition. So it's a bit of a paradox, that one. But I just wondered if you could maybe say a few words about that. Yeah, so again, obviously, in my 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 kind of younger years, um, and obviously after my car accident, um, I was at the age of where I thought drinking was, like, clever and was the be and the end all and was was the joy to life and the joy to a night and, and the start of, like, what, what fun was potentially going to be. But... It's not really. It's it's got all this heightened up that it kind of it's it's the kind of it's the fire starter and everything like that. And yeah, okay, when you first drink alcohol, that kick and that kind of like reaction you get is a great sensation and kind of makes you do like silly things and say silly things and act in stupid ways. But but the more you drink, actually the more un- unhappy you become because of oh you run out of money. You forget where you live. You forget kind of like other like valuables that you've got on you. You, know, you forget like friends and where, where you've left them. Like you forget awareness. Like there's there's a lot more negative effects to while you are drinking to when you're not drinking. Um, and certainly your awareness, which we all need, and us with brain injuries need a lot of, the awareness obviously goes to next to none whilst you're drinking. So... Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's certainly a, a rever- reverse alcohol effect in the sense of when you drink, you're happy at the time, but the more you drink, the unhappy you become. It's that paradox, Alan, isn't it, that we may drink to, in some ways, escape unhappiness or find ways of managing unhappiness, but paradoxically, it could actually lead us down a road where we become more unhappy or dissatisfied or depressed. I think the other thing, and you referred to it before, Alan, was that if we're receiving uh, medical treatment for depression, then the use of alcohol could actually serve to undermine that. So it's not just about the depressive effect of alcohol. It's also about the negating effect that it can have on a substance that has actually been introduced to help us. So again, that almost that kind of that double whammy, really, um, that alcohol might have for some people. Alan, I'm aware that we've talked quite a lot about alcohol. Um, we've not talked much about other other drugs because they're not, they're ones that haven't been um, part of your direct experience. But maybe they're things we could talk about another time with someone else. I think that might be quite interesting, mightn't it, to get other people's views on this matter? Because I think the availability of certain other substances, like cannabis and cocaine, other drugs that um, people that I might talk to would use or have access to um, seems to have increased potentially over recent years. Um, and obviously in the light of brain injury, the implications of that could be different. They could be different to alcohol too. So that might be an interesting thing to consider as well. Yeah, no, I'd definitely like to kind of explore the whole uh, drug experience that I've I've experienced. And like I say, it's not through any of my own personal experience in drug use, but I've had a lot of friends, both with and without a brain injury, who have thought that using drugs is a is a wise idea, but it's certainly not in my experience. And I would I would thoroughly kind of urge anyone that thinks it's a good idea uh, to use drugs like with a brain injury that it's it's, it's really not. Um, and I, I would like to discuss that with you in further, Richard. And maybe when we do that, and what we could also do is signpost some. Uh, resources or um, information 
that people might find useful um, if they're struggling with some of the issues that we're talking about, particularly in relation to obviously alcohol and drug use um, and related issues too. But thank you for your time today, Alan. That's that's really um, that's been a really interesting, as ever, a really interesting discussion. Thank you, Richard. Speak soon. Look forward to speaking again soon. Thank you.